thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all. Y'all give him a hand. All right. We are going to jump right in here. We are in the middle, uh, or not in the middle. I'm in the middle planning it. (laughs) I'm already ahead. We are in um, Me 2.0. We're looking at at, uh, our new series. We're going to be looking at all in January. I know that a lot of times people are geared up and ready for kind of some what the world would call self-improvement or some New Year's resolutions or whatnot. And we're going to kind of look at what the Bible's take is on some of this stuff. And uh, we're going to be looking at this all month. And I'm very excited about digging in to this Me 2.0 series. One of the first orders of business I need to take care of is the fact that if you're new with us, you'll find a little bulletin thing. And with that... uh, They'll have the, the notes, and you'll be able to cruise through those with me as I'm, as I'm teaching. And you'll also find this little flap. And this little flap is perforated, and you can peel that off. And uh, I'd appreciate it if you would fill that out if you've never done that before. And there'll be some people on your way out who have some popcorn boxes, and they'll want to trade you. They'll want to make a deal and switch the popcorn box for your little for your little piece of information, and uh, that's just so we can have record of your attendance and know that you were here and be able to contact you with what's going on at Celebration Church. In that popcorn box, you'll find some popcorn, microwave, not loose, it's microwave popcorn. You'll find some information about us and a little $5 Sonic card just as a thank you for just coming, and then you can go and enjoy some Sonic on us this uh, this week. And so we also want to make sure that you're reading your bulletin. There's a lot of good information in that. And we want to make sure that you are looking at that. Also, if you're doing your giving, we don't pass the, the plate here. We don't pass the bucket here. But we do receive offering. We do give here. That's part of who we are as a church. We're givers. And we do that with our um, boxes there on the way out. You'll see those little offering boxes. And you'll have an envelope in one of these bulletins and you can just slide that in to the offering box on your way out you'll also find a place for your um prayer requests on the back of that little flap that i talked about a minute ago that if you have any prayer requests then um you put that on there and i would love to pray with you and believe god with you for what's going on in your life also you should um, I talked about last week, and we sent out a big email to everybody about the month of January that we are focusing on a uh, just turning it up a notch in our own lives to really seek God. And I've encouraged every, all, everybody to figure out some way and just seek God and let God lead you on some way to, to fast during the month of January. Now, that does not mean skip all of your meals. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is taking something in your regular routine, moving that around, eliminating that, and creating a little more time to spend just seeking God. Some of you, that may be some meals. may fit in with your New Year's resolution of fitting into some smaller jeans. That may work, may fly right in there really easy. Some of y'all may be giving up some television or some internet time or, or something like that. I'm, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do, but I am encouraging everyone to take some extra time to seek God first at this beginning of this year for your family, for our church, just for, for, for what you, God has for you personally. And uh, we did this last January, and I just really love the way it just sets the course for the year. I love when you just mark and you do something first. It just lays out the pattern. And I just want to really encourage you 
to do that. We're also reading through the Bible. And some of us are, have been reading a while. And we're, there's uh, stuff on the info table for you to kind of jump in and read there. Or we um, have the, the, the reading plans to start January, to have started January 1. It's like, wait, January's gone. It's just a couple of days. You can catch up real easy this afternoon. And so, and then just be right on track. It takes about 15 minutes a day to read that. And this time next year, you will have read the entire Bible. If you think that's a little too much, well, then just read the New Testament. But spending time in the Word every day is so vital. Learning what God has said to us, it transforms our life. I have the blog up, and I post on both sets of reading every day. And we've revamped that a little bit to make it easier for you to comment. And so last year, the people would try to make some comments, and they'd kind of get stonewalled because they didn't have an account or whatnot. Now, you just get on there, and you can make comments, and there's, it happens without any problem whatsoever. So as you're reading, I'd love to see some dialogue between some people and saying, hey, I, I really enjoyed this, or I never saw this before. And, and we've already had a couple of comments this year, and I'm just really, really enjoying that. Well, let's go ahead and um, bust out your notes and we're just going to get right into the middle of this because turning over, new, turning over a new leaf does not work. I know this time of the year everybody says, I'm just going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start this. I'm going to do this self-help thing. I'm going to do this. But ultimately, people, it just doesn't work. Real transformation comes from being a new creation, not just some cleaned up old creation because see you try to build the the old was dead jesus came and we gave us new life and we try to build on the old system we're going to get the wrong results when i was about oh i guess i was 10 or 11 years old um i was my parents had dropped us off at my grandmother's house my dad's mother and uh, we were going to spend the night over there and spend the weekend and uh it was the me and my two sisters and then my my younger cousin and she was there and, of course, being 10 or 11 and kind of wanting to, you know, being the older cousin and wanting to show off and still hadn't really recognized my physical abilities and, uh, and my limitations. And uh, for some reason, I got this wild hair um, that I was going to do a handstand up in the tree. And so I'm not a gymnast. I'm not remotely like that. But at 10 or 11, I'd not figured that out. So I get up in this pecan tree, and I'm just showing off for my cousin. And I'm like, okay, look what I can do. I'd never tried that ever. And so, but there were the other limbs in there, and I kind of weave up my legs and kind of not fall over. That was my plan. And so I get up in this pecan tree in my grandmother's backyard, and I get on the limb and begin to work my way up. And right as I, <laughs> and my, my cousin, she's about five or six years old, and right as I get straight up, I'm doing this handstand. I was like, look, look. And uh she was so excited, and the limb that I'd chosen was a dead limb. And that limb snapped, and I just go Superman and straight to the ground, and just boom, broke my wrist. My parents had not even made it back to Odessa yet and had to turn around and meet us at the, at the hospital. And it's the only time I've ever broken a bone in my life. And, uh, of course, I hit the ground, and I'm crying, and my cousin's like, Woo, do it again, do it again. She thought it was all part of the trick. And... Uh, but the problem is, if you try to just do some new trick on an old dead limb, 
you're going to end up hurt. You're not going to get the right results. See, us just trying to do some new thing in our life, building on our old dead self, it doesn't get it there. It doesn't produce life. Man, you can tape, you can tape leaves onto a dead limb all you want, and all they're going to do is wither. You would have to be plugged in to life. Life changes everything. We don't just want to go around just trying to prop up our life and just kind of keep it all together. I've got a little... Uh, video we're about to show you we got the opportunity while we were traveling in 2008 to go don't run it quite yet and uh to go to uh disney and while we were at disney world we were there in epcot and it was a it was a blast it was a ton of fun and we were at this little game show thing in disney this little show and they picked um four of my five children to be the, the, the kids competing in this thing. So on this stage, I've got two of my kids competing against two of my other kids. And uh, anyways, we'll just go ahead and, and uh, watch the video. Oh, I just love a good game of chance, don't you? The wheel is magically landed on. How do you stack up? These objects one piece at a time into a single pile that does not fall over. Now, thanks to hook and loop, they will stick together. You can stack those objects any direction you like, but there is a catch, and that's that you must start with this piece as the foundation. not quite stable it was not quite all there and ultimately he to uh had to just try to end up propping it up and when we do this when we try to do things in and of ourselves when we don't embrace the new creation that god had done then that's all that we can ultimately do is maybe prop up a little of this and a little of that in our lives i don't know about you but i've gone long enough to know that i can't prop up everything and eventually something comes tumbling down something falls apart God has called us to live victorious lives in every area of our life. But the only way that you and I are going to do that is by embracing the fact that we are a new creation. Not trying to do it in some old dead self way, but doing it in the alive God way. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. When we are alive in Christ, we, there was, a, there was a, a self that was dead, that was 
that was a mess. But once we become alive in Christ, we have this, that's why we call it being born again. There is this regenerated, alive nature, and we are a new creation. And at that point, we have this thing. We have the, this old self that we have that still decides it wants to try to pop its head up every once in a while. And we have this, this new, alive, new creation self that is birthed of God on the inside of us. And we have to decide which one we're going to, to make grow and to make thrive. See, Galatians 6.15 says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Now, circumcision and uncircumcision, it's like, wow, that's bizarre. No, it's talking about being part of the covenant of God and going through all of the legal stuff to be right with God. The Jews had, had established circumcision, and that was that, that one practice set them apart and said that, okay, we, that we fulfill the law, we follow God and his precepts, and we are righteous because we do X, Y, and Z. And so that's what the circumcision group does. The uncircumcision is those who have been apart from God weren't raised in the law. We're not raised in the traditions. And here Paul is saying it's not one or the other. It's not if, if you were born in that, then okay, you're, you're, you're doomed to have to live under that. Or if you were born without it, then there's no way you can receive righteousness. No, it's the fact that what counts is a new creation, is having, having invited Christ into our lives and receiving the life. That he alone can give. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, living the 2.0 version. Me 1.0 was messed up. First version of me needed help, needed a savior. And me 2.0 became alive due to Christ. And the 2.0 version of our lives is not about following a list of rules. See, that's one thing when people don't really understand what Jesus came to and did for us. They think that just this Christianity thing is just this rules and regulations, these do's and don'ts. Now, are there things that we do? Yes. But there are me, my relationship with my wife isn't this based on this do's and don'ts, but are there things that I, that I do? Absolutely. Why? Because I love her. Are there things that I don't do? Absolutely. But it's because I love her. It's not because she handed me this list and said, okay, if you're going to be in my life, you're going to follow this. No. It was about love. And love naturally produces its own boundaries. It naturally produces those things. It's not about a list of fallen rules. It's about God's power living on the inside of us. It's to try to live without relying on God's strength. I'll tell you what, I've, tried, I've done it too many times and have just failed over and over again. Well, we were gone on our, on our trip and I was just really seeking God and, and I got really frustrated because it was like god are you serious this is you know i was just at a, going on this self-discovery i was like god are you serious this is really this is really it this is really me this is all i've got this is all i'm capable of this is the end of brandon this isn't this is pretty sad you know he was getting me ready to, to take care of me into another level of ministry you know walking into that i thought wow god's got more in me and i realized how limited i was 
But you know what? That was the greatest gift. Because the sooner I recognize my limits, the sooner I'm able to step over and say, okay, God, I can't, but you can. And then God's power really shows up. That's when God's stuff really begins to shine through in our lives. See, we can't, it's not about living by rules. It's about having a live God alive on the inside of us. Just this uh, couple of days ago, we had the Rose Parade. It's gone on for kajillion years. And uh, years and years ago, there was a, on the parade was going. And, of course, all of the floats were there and beautiful. And there was this one particular float that was going along and it just all of a sudden boop, 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 sputtered and was out of fuel. They have all these bands, all these floats, all these people, and the entire parade route is blocked by this one float that was sputtered and had run out of fuel. What was ironic, what was funny, is the fact that that float was back then Standard Oil's float. They had access to limited, unlimited reserves of fuel. And somebody forgot to fill up their tank. And so there is Standard Oil's float and their entry out of fuel. They had to find somebody, bring some gas, fill it up, and finally get the whole thing going again. See, simply because you have access to something does not mean that it's functioning in your life. As a believer, we have access to an unlimited God. But if we don't embrace that God in our lives, if we don't invite his power to work in our lives, if we don't say, God, I so need you to get through today, then we're not, we're not going to have even though it's totally accessible to us. And guess what? Our lives stall. Come this roadblock for ourselves and everybody that's connected with us. When we try it, in our own power it gets us nowhere hebrews 7:18 says the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless that's talking about the law it says for the law made nothing perfect and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to god see the law pointed out our faults the law pointed out how much we really needed a Savior. And then God comes in and it shows that we're the end of ourselves. And some of y'all have got higher lids than me. And you've run out of yourself later than I did. But man, I hit my lid. And ran out of me. And recognized, wow, I'm in need of a Savior. And all of us in following this, these laws and, and following what's right. Some of us are a little better at doing it other. But all of, none of us fully measure up and then we sit there and we recognize wow wow i am so in need of god in my life it's not just me working harder it's having god alive on the inside of me working through me to hebrew 7 there says the law made nothing perfect now most of us you know there's a lot of information on on fitness but I would ask, most people aren't as fit as they would like to be. You ask the average person, say, are you, you know, the, share? you got the, the six-pack abs and the, you know, the, the arms of steel, you know, are you, are you the way you want to look? And most people will say no. You know, there was plenty of infomercials selling everything this time of the year. Everybody's ready to 
lose the, lose the gut. And, uh, but the reason for us having it isn't due to lack of knowledge. Most of us, when we're eating the extra donuts out there, know it's not helping. We know that. So simply knowing what needs to be done doesn't get it done. The law points out. The law points out the life. But it by itself does not produce life. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, buying that, uh, the, the, that uh, P90X. My son wants to get P90X and, and just get all cut up and ripped. And, and uh, so we were talking, and Keenan said, and it works in 90 days. And then Brandon said, is that a guarantee? He said, can I just watch it? Can I just sit back and turn that on and just watch it? And just, you know, I said, yeah, some of those exercises are scary. It'll scare the fat off of you. Man, that stuff's intense. And uh, your body's just afraid you're going to do that to it. And, uh, we'll lose the weight. I promise. And, uh, but that's not the way it works. Just having the knowledge, just knowing what is required isn't there. It's got to be implemented. And I tell you what, God, the Spirit of God has been given to us to help us to live the life God has called us to live. Galatians 3, 3 says, Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? See, if you've accepted Christ, if you've accepted Christ, you should have been, that should have happened, that can only happen by the Spirit. Where you recognize, wow, I need a Savior. I need a Savior. And you step in and go, wow, I can't do this. I need God. And you receive Him. And that is a Spirit moment. But Galatians is saying here, we should not be so foolish as to begin that way and then say, oh, thank you, God. Now I've got it from here. I've got it from here. I'm going to live good. I'm going to live for you, Lord. You just watch me go. Ooh, you're going to be amazed. Watch my smoke, Lord. No, that's not the way it goes. We have to stay in the spirit. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10 says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a gift. It's not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There are good, wonderful things God has called us to do that he's prepared in advance for us to do, but we can't live those. Our hearts cry and we know it. There's a blueprint hardwired on the inside of us. But yet we can't get there without God, without the power that God so freely gives. See, the key to this upgrade, to shift in from me 1.0 to me 2.0, see, the difference is because it has a different operating system. Me 2.0 operates on love. And that changes everything. True love changes everything. In our world, it fully doesn't, doesn't fully understand love. And uh, there's this uh, funny little uh, apology love letter I want to read to you. It was, uh, Dearest Jimmy, 
No words could ever express the great unhappiness I have felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Forever yours, Marie. P.S. And congratulations on winning the lottery. See, we mistake this uh, pursuing these things we desire for love. Real love is way different than that. Real love is this operating system, and it changes the environment. It changes the outcome. I love the old story that I've heard over and over again, but there's this woman who, she was just, man, just married to an old boogerhead. And uh, she was just tired of dealing with this man. So she goes to this counselor and says, look, I'm done. I'm going to file for divorce, but I don't want to just, I want to just leave him. I want to leave him in a heap. I just want to just mess this guy's world completely over. I want him to regret when I walk out the door on him. And he's like, all right, I've got the perfect plan for you. He says, all right, what you need to do, he says, you need to commit for the next 60 days. She goes, and you need to just go in and you need to praise every little good quality you can find about this guy. You need to be generous to him and serve him. Just shower him with love and attention. Just be as good as you possibly can to this man. And just, just, just treat him great. And then after 60 days of that, he is going to just so love that. And, so, and then when you drop the bombshell on him that you're out of there and you're done, he's just going to be crushed. He's just going to be in this heap. She's like, ah, I love it. I love it. So she goes out of there with this vindictive nature, and she's ready. She goes home, and she just works it, man. She's just so, puts all of the stuff into practice. This counselor, the 60 days passes, and doesn't hear anything. So finally, he just calls the lady up and says, uh, you know, look, aren't you ready to pull the trigger? Aren't you ready to leave this man? She goes, are you kidding? This man is awesome. I'm married to the greatest man on the planet. I love this man. And so the thing was, is so many times, love changes everything. The way we interact, the way we deal with somebody, it begins to pull the best out. Love is an operating system, and it shifts the results. We have to be willing to operate in love. That's what the, Jesus said, that the world will know that, that we are his disciples, not by how big of buildings we build, although buildings are great. Not by how, how awesome and we do all sorts of things, but it's by our love. It's by our love for one another and for the world. Love changes everything. If we're going to live in the 2.0 version of life, we have to make sure that everything that we do is hardwired with love. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ, Jesus, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Yet again, we just talked about it there in John 13. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 1 Thessalonians 1.3, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus.
1 Timothy 1, 5 through 6, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And some have wandered away from this and stepped into meaningless talk. See, outside our, our world, our Christianity, outside of love, is meaningless talk. You know what? And there's a lot of folks who have rejected Jesus because his church has shown them not love, but meaningless talk. We have to be people who are rooted and operate in love. The last passage we're going to look at right here. You've just got a portion of it, but I'm going to read a bigger chunk. There in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, As if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Here he's saying there's all of these wonderful good things. All these noble things. But if love isn't there, it's pointless. It is pointless. Because see, love is patient and love is kind. It doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. We're going to be looking at a lot of that in the next few weeks. Is The me 2.0 version is not selfish. That is the marked difference. Love does not promote self. It is not selfish. When we look at, our, at that in the next few weeks, it's going to be a cornerstone of how we operate. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there are knowledge, it will pass away. All these other good things, prophecies and tongues and all of these things are good. But love is what ultimately remains. See, in Jesus, we're new creations. And to live in that, it has to be about love. You know what? I'm convinced the reason that most of us don't stick to some of our health things that we want to do it's because we didn't put love in it see the body the word says that our bodies are the temple of god and if nothing else we honor god by taking care of ourselves and it's an expression of our love every good thing that comes in our lives comes from this place of love we don't have to turn over a new leaf it's just as messed up and dead on the other side we have to live in the new creation that God made us. All right, quick, but as we close, I just want to give an opportunity for anybody who maybe, 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 